Have you ever been so completely overwhelmed by a problem that you have no idea how to solve it? If you've ever felt that way, first of all, you're not alone. But stay tuned because I'm going to give you four amazing steps that will help you problem solve whatever your situation is with God's help. Welcome to Stories of Hope in Hard Times, the show that explores how people endure and even thrive in difficult times, all with God's help. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson. Join me on a journey to find inspiring stories of hope and wisdom learned in life's hardest moments. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tamara's Takeaways on the Stories of Hope in Hard Times podcast. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson. And today we're going to talk about those really hard times in life and we just have no idea how to solve our problems. To start off, I'm going to tell you a story from my life, then I'm going to share with you these four amazing tips, and then I'm going to give you the conclusion of the story and how I applied those tips to my own life. I'm going to take you to a time when I was a very young mother and I had four children, ages seven, six, two and a half, and six months. And I loved being a mother, but my life was very challenging. Only one of my children could communicate verbally with me at that time. So I only had one child. I could say, how are you feeling? And they could answer me. And this was because my two middle boys, my six-year-old Nathan and my two-and-a-half-year-old Jacob, were on the autism spectrum. And words just didn't come as easily. And so that looked very, very hard for me. My days were long, taking care of kids, trying to feed them, bathe them, make sure kids got to school on time. Nathan was very hesitant to get dressed. He had sensory issues with clothes. And so getting him dressed and keeping him dressed was a constant challenge. He would rather run around in his underwear than get dressed, keep his socks and shoes on, anything. So it was constant redressing with him. If he didn't like it, he would throw a tantrum. And so my days were filled with tantrums with Nathan. Chasing Jacob. Jacob was unbelievably smart and creative and he could get out of our home faster than we could snap our fingers we always had to have somebody watching Jacob and the challenge with Jacob is he had no perception of danger and so one time we found him climbing a ladder onto our neighbor's roof one time he scaled our back fence and ran straight towards the street on the opposite street one time he scaled our fence went down to a neighbor's fence, climbed over their fence, and was about to jump in their pool when our neighbor found him. So he was always running towards danger. And my little daughter, Noelle, by the time she was 18 months old, could perfectly mimic my, where's Jacob? Panic. (laughs) That panic. So my stress level was high. My days were crazy. My nights were long and exhausting. Because children on the autism spectrum have a hard time falling asleep and then staying asleep. So often we were awake at two in the morning for the rest of the day. Or Noelle was up teething at the time. And so to say I was exhausted almost feels like an understatement. I was completely worn out physically. 
I was worn out emotionally. I was exhausted spiritually. I felt like I had nothing left in my cup to give. Even though I was trying to fill it every day by reading my scriptures and praying, it was like I was adding drops and I needed gallons to keep going. So it had been a super long and cold winter and it was the first glorious day of spring. And for some reason, looking out that front window and seeing couples and families walking and enjoying that beautiful warm weather, it gave me hope. And I remember thinking, oh, if I can just go on that walk and feel that sunshine and go with my family and just get out of this house and out of this crazy winter routine we've been in, I will feel better. So after dinner, my husband and I gathered our four children, got out the front door, off we were on our adventure, and we got one house down. And Nathan threw a huge tantrum. You know, the kind where kids drop their knees, and no matter if you have them by the hands, they won't keep walking. And because we couldn't communicate with him, and he couldn't understand what we were saying and communicate back with us, us just saying, we're just going around the block. It's not very far. Didn't mean anything to him. So he kept tantruming. He didn't want to leave the house. This was not on the schedule. It wasn't part of the routine. So finally, my husband threw him over his shoulder, took him home. And I dutifully finished the walk with the rest of the children. With shattered dreams and expectations weighing heavier and heavier on my shoulders every step I took. That night, I fell to my knees and I poured all this grief and exhaustion and brokenness out to God. Why do we have two children with autism? Wasn't one enough? Why can't we go on walks around the block? like every other normal family out there. Why can't we be a normal family? I'm going to pause right here and promise you that I did get an answer. But I also want to pause and promise you that I learned four amazing steps over the ensuing months and years, which have helped me receive answers to these weighty problems in my life that you can apply to your life as well. So let's pause and talk about those amazing steps that will help us all. First, connect to your higher source and ask questions. Now, connecting is gonna look different for everybody. Some people connect through meditation, some people, like me, connect through prayer. Some people connect with God by being in nature. I felt him close there too. And sometimes the only place you're not interrupted, let's be honest, think about it for a moment, especially if you're a mom, is in the shower because, well, hopefully you're not interrupted in the shower. But sometimes that is the only place we can talk and connect with God. <laughs> So connect with God. When you're connecting with God, it's very important that you are open and honest with him. 
that you can share all your grief, your sorrow, your pains, your anguish, your questions, and just get it all out. And don't worry, God is strong enough to handle anything you throw at him. He is God after all, all powerful. And he's not going to hate you for being honest with him. He doesn't want you to only tell him the pretty parts of your day. He wants you to tell him everything. So connect with him and be honest. The second half of that is to ask a question. I love in the New Testament where Jesus Christ is talking and he says this. In in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, he says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And then here's the promise. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Now, I love that because he's saying, if you ask, you will receive. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to get the answer and the solution you think you're going to get. Sometimes it takes a little bit of work, and sometimes the answer is going to point you to a different perspective maybe down a different path, maybe one you weren't expecting. But you need to trust that whatever he inspires you to do is the right next step. So first step is connect and ask, okay? The second step is to listen and record your answers. So it's really important when we connect with God that we listen for an answer. And sometimes that requires us to be in a quiet place. And I know some of you out there are thinking, Tamara, I don't have a quiet place. (laughs) Maybe that shower idea again, right? Um, But find a time when you can have a quiet moment. It may be midnight. It may be four in the morning. It may be that you take a walk. On your lunch break at work and find a quiet spot where you can ponder and pray, but find a quiet spot where you can talk, but you can also listen. And when you're listening, you're going to get ideas, thoughts, impressions, whispers in your heart. Don't be surprised if maybe the thought is to connect with somebody that you know and love. And you may be going, but that isn't the solution to my problem. Sometimes God answers our problems by pointing us to other people who just discussing it with them become angels and answers in disguise. So they become God's answer to us. So listen and then record those answers. Write them down so that you actually do something about it. Statistics show that you are much more likely to take action on something you have written down. I love checklists, so I have a planner. Call me old-fashioned. I have an old-time paper planner that I write things down on, and I am so much more likely to remember things and get them done. So write it down, whether it's in your journal, recording it on your phone, but write whatever you feel you need to do about your problem down. Step three is to plan and then act. So sometimes when we have a, an idea, we need to flesh it out a little bit. 
And that might look like, let's say, for example, your, your problem is you want to release some of your extra weight. Well, maybe the idea is that comes to you is join a gym and go on a regular basis. Well, you have three gyms that are around you. So you may need to plan how are you going to figure out which gym to join. So it may require a little bit more legwork to figure out how to do that. You're going to maybe need to look each gym up on the internet and find out how much they charge and then go and visit them. Take a tour of each facility and see if they have anything that interests you that you could do to exercise. So write those steps down. Part of your plan is figuring out all the steps to take so that you feel comfortable then acting and taking that step and doing something about it. So many of us don't take that final step and act and do something. But it's not when God invites us to ask and receive, he also expects us to do some of the knocking ourselves, to to keep pushing forward. He requires some action. And as we act, it's like God opens doors for us all over the place. So once we've acted on it, the fourth step is repeat. Now, this may sound really funny, But usually when we take an action, we have one of two things happen. We are successful and acting on that one thought was, wow, that was totally the solution to my problem. If that's the case, congratulations. And now repeat the process and go to God and say, God, that worked. What's my next right step? in my life. Because often these these answers are many tiny steps. And God only gives us one step at a time because he doesn't want to overwhelm us with some huge ginormous step that is 50 miles down the road. He's just going to give us enough to get us through that next step. And it's a very merciful way to give answers. And we may feel frustrated that we don't have the big step, but baby steps are good and there's still progress. And if you take a baby step every day, you're seven baby steps farther at the end of the week. Now, that's one solution if we act. The second solution is epic fail, did not work at all. I did not like going to the gym. It did not work. In our case with kids with autism, oh, that that tactic did not work with our children. (laughs) Back to the drawing board. So you have information. You know that that step did not work. You take it back to God and you say, all right, God, that did not work. What is the next step that you want me to take? What is the next idea? Sometimes God needs us to eliminate, close some of the doors that we see as possibilities before we're open and willing to go through the right door. I know I've seen that in my life where I've taken several wrong steps and I'm like, okay, 
this is not working and I know you want me to head this direction. So what is the solution? Open the door for me, please. And that's when miracles happen. So don't be discouraged that the first few things you try don't work. Maybe God is just helping you close some doors before you walk through the right one. So the steps are, number one, connect and ask. Number two, listen and record. Number three, plan and then act. And number four, repeat again. Let me take you back to that night when I was asking those really tough questions with God. Why do we have two children with autism? Wasn't one enough? Why can't we go on walks like a normal family? Why can't we be a normal family? That night, I heard a whisper in my heart. And this is what it said. Tamara, this is normal for you. And that was a game changer for me. It lifted my high sights to a higher plane of thinking to realize my normal is different from everybody else's normal. My walks with my family are going to be normal for me. They're not going to look like everybody else's normal for them. I learned that God knew my name, Tamara. I knew that he had a perfect solution for my unique and normal for me problem. So over the ensuing weeks and months and years, I learned this process and I learned to perfect it. Seven years later, our family decided to take a very long hike, three miles, which was long for our family. And we were gonna hike and see Delicate Arch in Arches National Park in Utah. Now, this was quite a step for our family. We'd never done anything that big or pushed Nathan so far. So my husband followed, my husband and I followed this plan. We connected with God. We told him we wanted to go on this hike. And yes, it was three miles long. And yes, it was uphill. And yes, there was a part of the trail that was, you had to kind of very narrowly skirt a drop off. How are we going to do this with our son with autism? And we, we asked him and we recorded ideas and listened and and then we made a plan. After we had our ideas, we decided we were going to tell Nathan what we were going to do on a piece of paper because he could see the steps. And then we gave him a little iPod that had his favorite movies on it. And he could put his headphones in and he could listen to his movies to distract him from this longer walk. And guess what? We the family who couldn't even walk around the block before, completed the hike together and saw Delicate Arch. I can't even tell you the joy that comes into my heart thinking about that monumental hike. In fact, it makes me want to cry a little bit that God blessed us so much 
to be able to take these tiny little steps, which brought us miles and miles. So I want to promise you that this works. This process works. And by following it and repeating it over and over, you will take steps in your life. And so my invitation to you today is for you to apply this. Apply this amazing steps, these amazing steps, which will help you problem solve any overwhelming situation in your life. I promise you that God knows the solution. And he will help you figure it out one baby step at a time. Hope on, friends. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of powerful stories of hope. I know there are many of you out there who are going through a hard time, and I hope you found useful things that you can apply to your own life in today's podcast. If you would like to access the show notes of today's show, please visit my website, storiesofhopepodcast.com. There you will find a summary of today's show, the transcript, and one of my favorite takeaways. You know, if someone kept coming to mind during today's episode, perhaps that means that you should share this episode with them. Maybe there was a story shared or a quote or a scripture verse that they really, really need to hear. So go ahead and share this podcast. May God bless you, especially if you are struggling with hope to carry on and with the strength to keep going when things get tough. Remember to walk with Christ and he will help you bear the burden. And above all else, remember God loves you.